Hi everyone and welcome to PMQT, Project Manager's Question Time. In each episode, we talk to our guests about their career journey and their personal experience of being a project manager. As our listeners are likely to be double busy project managers themselves, we aim to keep our episodes bite-sized, short and sharp. Project Manager's Question Time is sponsored by Trooper, the software toolkit for busy professional project managers. Uh, so today we're delighted to welcome Julia Bowditch to the podcast. Julia was the Games Director for the 2023 Island Games, which were recently held uh, in Guernsey. Welcome to the podcast, Julia. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure. So before we talk about uh, the Guernsey Games, tell us a little bit about your career path and how you got into project managing large-scale events. Uh, well, it kind of was all a bit by accident, really. I um when I was at university, I, um, I studied environmental science and um, I worked on, um, well, uh, did office cleaning at Wimbledon for the um, for the years. So I really enjoyed kind of the event experience. Um, and then I had a, I went traveling for a year after university and I um, was in Sydney during the Olympics. And I thought, oh, it'd be nice to do something on that. So I worked on the Sydney Olympics again in, in I worked in Lost and Found, so not a very glamorous role, but it was, again, really interesting and then um, after I came back from travelling, I went to work on the Manchester Commonwealth Games. So um, I worked with volunteers there. And then after the Commonwealth Games, I worked on the, um, I was volunteer coordinator for the Guernsey 2003 Island Games. And then, yeah, after that, I went back to London for the, and I started on the bid for the Olympics and I've just been working on kind of big events since then. Well, that's quite a, that's quite a journey. So you've basically been working on these sort of events really for the whole of your your career, really? Pretty much. I've had some long... Um, I worked for Newham Council maybe for about six years, and that was part of the... Um, so they were in Newham is uh, where Stratford is. Um, so I worked with them on the bid, um, um, and then leading up to the Olympics, and then um, I worked during for the ceremony. So I had quite a long, kind of a long role there. But um, other than that, it has been just, you know, project, kind of a kind of deadline-based work. But that was quite an event in itself, wasn't it? The 2012, it must have been great to be part of, of that. It was really great because having worked for like the local council, I kind of got to see kind of from a different different viewpoint because you get to see what facilities are left there. And I lived in Stratford and, you know, an amazing 50-metre pool that's charged at the same price as, you know, any leisure centre and just kind of all those facilities and the regeneration was really kind of great to see. I think it was like the largest area of industrial industrial land in Europe that hadn't been used so it was really kind of interesting I'm like I never from my house I never knew there was that much land back that way either. Yeah I mean so there is a real legacy there isn't there because uh, I, I was there with my family about a year ago uh, and they were able to like as you say walk into the Olympic pool yeah, it's amazing. And just pay yeah. a standard entrance yeah. fee and swim in in that very pool. And fifty meters is yeah, hard. It's isn't it? a long, it's a long <laughs> yeah. way. But uh, yeah, they 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 had a great time there. So um, moving on into the to the Guernsey Games, uh, tell us a little more about the the scale uh, of the games. Yeah, I think the Island Games are really interesting because, like I said before, I've been used to working on like big events where I don't know, like the accreditation department might have 100 people in it or something like that, like when you ramp up towards the games. And what was interesting was that we, um, there was um, kind of three full-time members of staff, like as we got closer to the games. So yeah, it was all run by volunteers. So that was um, like recruiting and getting all those volunteers into roles was um, kind of a large job in itself. And it was like volunteers delivering that. So that was um, really um, not challenging, but it was just such a large because they had so much responsibility, whereas, um, and in terms of kind of delegates and athletes, I think we had over 3,100 kind of accredited um, competitors, team managers, media, 
um, over in Guernsey for that week. And um, yeah, just kind of managing all those people and the logistics of that is kind of quite a large piece of work. So we were relying on kind of like proper project management data, data management in order to kind of get that right. I think um, we've done some really rough sums and we've got like during the week of the games that we did over like 30,000 volunteer hours and stuff like that. And that's not like things like the attaches. We don't have their shift patterns because theirs was a bit... Um, Full time almost. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit more flexible, <laughs> I would say, and they were, they were very busy. So it's kind of all those and things like, you know, we had over a thousand barriers for all the road events. So it's all kind of getting all that stuff to Guernsey and um, kind of the plan, the plan for um, how that's going to be, how that's going to be done. And I think um, the Island Games really do kind of punch above their weight because if you think the Commonwealth Games probably got, I don't know, between five and 10,000 athletes and the budget that that's run on, delivered on and currently having quite a few challenges now, whereas the Island Games is all kind of self-funded by the athletes themselves or, or their member islands. But um it really shows that kind of like athletes want to be here. Um, you know, they some of them, you know, the St Helena football team, had, you know, was um, they were kind of almost delighted when the pandemic happened because they gave them another two years to fundraise to try and get here. So, yeah. And the guys um, from the Falklands, for example, uh, they said they travelled like two days, like two days each way. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing because there's only a certain amount of planes that you can get out of um, Falklands per day and they had delays it's quite a challenging place to fly out of. So yeah, they were, um, yeah, it just shows their dedication. And like, I don't know, they had, they told us they don't have a indoor bowl. So they were training like in a long school corridors and stuff like that. So it's kind of like those really nice stories. And also, you know, the, it is an elite athlete pathway potentially. And, you know, we had Olympians competing in this game. So it, um, it's a really kind of nice spread. Mm. So, so from a project management perspective, was there any difference uh, with managing volunteers as opposed to as opposed to paid staff, I think you just have to be more flexible because they're giving their time for free, and you know you can't expect an immediate result. You've just got to plan your probably you have to plan your time and their time, so that the time frames are acceptable because you can't expect people to um, you know. Uh, although some people did, like our volunteer team um, was amazing, and you know they were practically working full time. But you just have to be mindful of everyone's time. Um, within that but uh, yeah the amount of hours and um, that we got from our volunteers was amazing but um, yeah I think you just have to have kind of maybe potentially longer lead times in there Um, yeah great Um, so again on the project management front with such a large event how do you track status how how did you gather that information it was quite challenging I think we had about I think at one point we had over like 3,000 kind of lines on the project plan but it is, yeah, once you start of, um, start knocking them off and allocate them by sport and speaking to all the sport, it does um, it does go quite quickly in terms of um, you break down directorate and who's managing who. And also the sports are so used to hosting these events in Guernsey. And I think what the only, they can host their events, no problem. Um, it was just the logistics around having um, 14 big events happening on that again, on the island at the same time and making it seem like a consistent event. So if you went to one venue, really simple things like the Wi-Fi was the same, all the venues and all that kind of stuff that um, was the same. So you didn't have to log in at all those. So it's all like um, a lot of work was done to try and make it as kind of a consistent and um, you knew you were part of the games, whether you were at pistol shooting or at football or at badminton, there was that kind of consistency. But it was, it was just like a massive list confirming the, 
you know the dates that we needed to get all all the all the kit into Guernsey because there was a lot of um like minor upgrades to venues that had to happen um, some flooring that um, both badminton and basketball had flooring that had to get installed so that was a um, kind of an overlay project so it's just making sure all that stuff was on island because you also have to you know we you we, we want the floors to be laid and the flooring team to have that done but you've also got to cross it over when we've got like um you know, 3,000 delegates, so we don't have the uh, margin for having extra people on island. And how many, uh, you mentioned railings before, uh, I just remember seeing them stacked up along the front. They were imported specifically for the event, presumably. Yeah, we got, well, we got all the ones on Guernsey pretty much, and everyone was so generous, but we needed over a 1,000, so we had to get extra ones, and that was all kind of, um, we were using, um, we were really lucky that we worked really closely with the states of Guernsey in terms of kind of traffic management and road closures. And again, that was a massive project. I can't remember. I know at one point we had to, on the time trial, I think we had 86 volunteers um, at each individual road road interchange. So stuff like that, that was how many roads were affected. So um, yeah, the project from that. And again, our volunteers went out and spoke to people and spoke to businesses to tell them about the games and the impact that would have and try and work with them. You know, like we had almost a bespoke if someone had to get to the airport they almost had like a bespoke and they were um you know delivered to the airport so we we tried to be as flexible as possible it really was a big pulling together wasn't it of a, of a lot of organizations and- yeah and we were so grateful for that for you know all the businesses that were potentially disrupted but um we were really mindful of the timings so that we wouldn't um try and uh you know, put them out for a full day and try and get the roads open as quick as possible. I think in most instances we got them open before we said we would. But yeah, it was quite a uh, a really large, really large challenge for that. But I think that goes to show like the level of competitions. Like you can't, you know, have someone challenge, you know, overtake a bus as, en route to, you know, or, uh, winning a medal. So um, uh, one of my questions was going to be what, what was the biggest challenge it in front of you uh, um, organising the games um, I seem to think it might have been the pandemic because originally it was Guernsey 2021 wasn't it yeah yeah so it was um, Guernsey 21 and we tried really hard I, like um, looking back now it would be crazy to host it during pandemic so we did make the right decision um, but we there were some really good um, tools from the World Health Organisation and they had like um questions that gave you charts and stuff like that and I think when you went through that step by step and looked at it and you realize you know we weren't we didn't have the luxury of other big events that can have one athlete per room the infrastructure to to move people or shield people or have those facilities we just wouldn't we wouldn't have had that and that's not the games we wanted to run so I think once we kind of went through that we did some kind of training on stuff like that and health health the health team were really helpful but um yeah I think we we were pleased we went with 2023 and also we know really pleased with the other member islands because it also impacted like Orkney was supposed to be in 2023 and Inesmon was supposed to be in 2025 so they've all been pushed back so we're really grateful that uh, everyone worked because it would have been heartbreaking to to do all that work and not host the games. Yeah I presume uh, it was still on the risk register though was it there was always even now there's always the uh, risk that there's going to be another outbreak. Yeah I think it is but I think um, you're going to have to manage it and move on now and these it's, I presume it's going to be here forever, but yeah, I think it's kind of made everyone think about hygiene more and um, how we wash our hands. There's all those kind of, uh, all those things. There was a lot of um, information that we had to give to the member islands regarding medical and traveling to the islands as well. But yeah, it was just the importance of um, 
you know, health insurance and travel insurance, which they all had to sign a declaration saying that they had that because uh, obviously, you know, our healthcare is not free for um, at, um, for people outside the island. So it's really important that they knew which um, islands had reciprocal agreements and um, and the importance of insurance. We we kind of pushed that point, but we also had um, volunteers from UCLan over and um, they delivered physio. So we had a um, polyclinic at Beausejour, so where um, we had medical staff volunteering there, so we could uh, you know strap people up, um, do physio. So the smaller um, any um, injuries that we could deal with centrally, but uh, yeah, if there was any larger injuries, they would go to the hospital. Yeah, there was a team at Beausejour, wasn't there? Uh, in, uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah. There, yeah, and yeah. they were they were they were nonstop doing yeah. like strapping yes. and uh, physio. <laughs> yeah. So, what was it like? in the midst of the game so once everything was up and running what what was that week like for you it was all right i didn't know a bit uh disappointed i didn't really get to see anything so uh, i was really pleased we did live streaming so i got to see what was going on uh, i went to um athletics one evening and it was really amazing just to see kind of that many people that were out and about and um i also was at the opening as well um so i got to see all that but um I was kind of mainly dealing with any appeals from the member islands or any issues. And actually, as the week went on, it was things were running themselves. So the kind of the most frantic time was like three, four months in the build up. So during the actual week of the games, everyone was enrolled and everyone, you know, really, you know, delivered and made it happen. And also the people of Guernsey were like the support that we got kind of really helped us and really gave us motivation to kind of you know try and deliver the best games possible because seeing the opening ceremony and seeing everyone turn up, it was like, uh, you know, we were, we were delighted. Yeah, it was great. It was great, wasn't it? So what, what was the most rewarding part? We've talked about challenges. What was the most rewarding part of uh, uh, of the games for you? I don't know. I think it was maybe some of the um, some of the things that we worked with the sports with, some of the live streaming. I think um, the Digimat team um, worked um, to deliver the live streaming. And it, I think it was all those kind of... Um, you know, innovations and even those innovations between the two years um, from COVID, there was stuff that, you know, cameras were cheaper, some of the developments made it easier to do stuff like that. So we were really pleased with that. Um, just like really simple things like um, we knew swimming would be full, so we've streamed into the theatre. I think all those kind of little extra things that we just about managed to do kind of really, um, people really appreciated that. We got so many, um, you know, if the camera ever went down, we'd be inundated by emails from, you know, Falklands or the Pharaoh saying, ah, I was watching something. And yeah, so uh, all that kind of stuff uh, was um, really, you didn't realise how appreciated it was. Yeah, it was very well supported, wasn't it? Because as well as the swimming, um, you know, the basketball uh, arena was full uh, a number of times. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. And I, again, the atmosphere there, um, we were based at Rosa so I got to kind of see that atmosphere, but the atmosphere there was amazing. And I think it's kind of, that's a bit of a legacy in terms of the numbers of sign-ups they've had for their summer camps as well. So that's a really kind of positive outcome from the Games. But yeah, the atmosphere was amazing. I think people um, didn't realise, you know, what a great spectator sport it is. It was it was fantastic, that's right. Um, so so that that's what you actually enjoyed about the Games. Um, just from a personal perspective, project management could be quite stressful. Uh, are you a, a worrier? Uh, or, or uh, can you do you find it easy to, to to sort of wind down? How do you how do you relax? Kind of working on events, you are normally like um, three months before, or like kind of the six months lead up is normally the time when everything happens. So yeah, I'm definitely a worrier and definitely kind of 
detail orientated so I need to know I like at some point I had to like let it go because I can't know everything but I just needed to know that everything that I was confident in everyone that was delivering and they you know they were they were confident and then as soon as you know they started in there delivering it was it it was fine I think there was that stage because I was working on my own for so long like to the letting it go I think um wasn't a challenge but it was you know a step that I had to go through in order to you know make sure everyone delivered and they like I said all the volunteers kind of surpassed um the delivery and I think um I remember we had a meeting one morning and um, all the team managers came in every morning at 7.30 and he was like, oh, Julia, I'm really annoyed. I tried to walk in today and I've been stopped four times by people trying to pick me up en route just because they were, uh, you know, they saw someone in a tracksuit and they just wanted to take them and stuff like that. Yeah. So he was he was, I, he was joking stories. with me. But yeah. yeah, it was just like you can, yeah. um, like, again, like the people of, yeah, again, so it really kind of helped, helped us to deliver the, the games. Yeah, I was at, uh, the, at the tennis centre uh, one day and uh, a, a car turned up uh, we asked, you know, were they were they uh, part of the games? Uh, and the lady said, I don't um, know. I just picked these people up there on the road and I'm just delivering them to the tennis centre. It's absolutely fantastic. So how do you, if you do get stressed, like I think most project managers do, I mean, you're trained to be looking for risks, you know, all, all the time. How do you, how do you? wind down how do you relax I still say I'm working I do find it like I'm um, sleeping as you get closer to an event is a challenge um but I normally yeah it's just the powering through and that's why I've got a bit of a sore throat now because you normally get a bit ill after the games um and that's that's kind of normally happens and like post-event blues because you're working hard and then it's uh, uh widely down because you know it used to be able to do like about 100 things in 10 minutes and now it's like oh I was doing all that so it's that kind of um balance but um I think that's probably the thing about contracts. That's why kind of events, so you work on something for a contracted period of time, so you know, you know, it's not forever. So I think that's that's the thing that gets me through. That yeah. Helps. <laughs> that's, yeah. It's always like at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So which leads us nicely on to um, what next? What's uh, what's what's the next? I don't know. I'm think? looking. Um, one of the kind of things I wanted to do more was kind of working with event state sustainability and and looking at that as kind of a, maybe a new project to do some more training in that area because I think that's a really important parts of how events are moving forward in terms of having like a really robust sustainability plan and um, what um, kind of your dissolution, um, what goes where and what happens. Um, We did quite a lot of work with Orkney to ensure that stuff that we used, they could use as well. Um, So so to ship that over and we did, um, because quite luckily I know the lady, the event industry is quite a small small world. So I've worked with her at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. So she's uh, games director in Orkney so um yeah we did a bit of work together um in terms of um kind of sustainability moving forward but um or- yeah Orkney's um you know will push it further than us they're you know they've got um, amazing sustainability um but that's what you want from every games to get kind of more and more um information so that's kind of want to do maybe a bit more training because I think that's maybe you get something from working on contracts you'd ever get kind of any training um, so yeah, that's what I'm kind of looking forward to and potentially, um, looking for more kind of project management roles. Great. Well, there's plenty of them around, I think. Thank you. Um, Julia, thank you ever so much for joining us on the, the podcast. It's, you've been a fantastic guest, uh, and it's a really interesting, uh, interesting story that you've, that you've got to tell. Thank you very much thank for you. joining us.